0: Hey, Michael Knowles here. The latest episode of Daily Wire Backstage is available now. Join me and a star-studded Daily Wire cast as we discuss the most important news of the day, the cultural insanity spreading across the country, and take live questions from the viewers all while enjoying a wonderful cigar. Take a listen. Fake laugh. In three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome to Daily Wire backstage tonight. I am not Jeremy Boring. I'm Michael Knowles. I'm joined by Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, and Andrew Clavin. This show is brought to you by Preborn. Preborn Network Clinics rescues two hundred babies' lives every single day. Donate now at preborn.com/backstage. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. We've got a lot. To, man, do we have a lot to talk about tonight. We've got, obviously, got to talk about Barbie, the most important issue. We've got to talk about Hunter Biden. We've got to talk about 2024. We've got a big member block. Don't forget, all of this is because of you. So if you're just one of those hoy polloi out there on YouTube, come on, man. Go on over to dailywire.com. Subscribe. You can still do it. Become a member. And then we will chat with you in the member block after the public part. Of the show. Then we can get into all the really juicy stuff. We have some breaking news right now. Uh, The breaking news, of course, is that uh, Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead. Uh, The man has not bitten the dog. It's Groundhog Day again, and Donald Trump has been indicted a few more times i guess for something i don't know he may put too much mayonnaise on his sandwich He's indicted for that literally literally has anybody read the latest
1: indictment this I'm just sure happened
2: shapiro has,
0: yeah. mr
1: shapiro what what is it this time so this is the january 6th indictment that the long awaited january 6th indictment they're charging him on four counts um, they these, these are real stretches i mean just the, the on, on the legal basis these are these are very very large legal stretches they're charging him on a conspiracy to defraud the government Typically, that means financially defrauding the government, like they actually tried to steal money from the federal government. They're claiming that that extends to trying to affect election processes, which is a real stretch and going to be very difficult to fulfill by the elements of the law. They're charging him with obstruction of justice. Uh, suggesting that he tried to interfere with an official government proceeding. Again, that's going to be a bit of a stretch because it's going to be hard to show that he actively attempted to overthrow the election rather than exercising his free speech rights in pursuit of a specious legal theory. Right, That's going to be the defense. The defense is going to be, I honestly thought that this legal theory might be good and I'm allowed to pursue that because this is still America and you don't get to prosecute me for that. Uh, he's being charged also with civil rights violations. the the, att- the The idea here is that he is attempting to essentially have votes thrown out so usually this charge is brought when you literally stuff a ballot box or you take a box of ballots and you throw them in the river or dead people vote in 1960 and make john f kennedy president you put them in a locker in michigan yeah yeah exactly well you do those sorts of things that's where this is charged usually doesn't apply there and then there's a fourth charge that is again related to the idea that he put together false slates of electors and then attempted to submit that the 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 difficulty in proving any of these cases is multifold. The first one is that as an element of the case in virtually all of these things is intent. You have to prove somehow that Donald Trump knew for a fact that he had lost the election and thus all subsequent efforts were not dedicated toward attempting to preserve his purported election victory, but actively were an attempt to subvert a thing that he knew was not true. Well, as I've said, the problem with Trump is that trying to establish intent crimes with Trump is incredibly difficult because Donald Trump actually believes the thing that he is saying at any given moment. So it is quite plausible that that night he thought he had lost, and by the next morning he thought that he had won. That sort of thing is not unusual with Trump ever. I mean, we we all know this. We've seen him switch in real time his positions and believe it both times. So intent crimes are very, very difficult to charge with with Donald Trump. Again, the the charges in law are are a large-scale stretch. January 6th gets mentioned multiple times here. But again, the defense there is going to be, I didn't tell people to invade the Capitol building. I told them to peacefully protest at the Capitol building. You may be angry at me that I didn't tell them to get out, but I didn't make them go in in the first place. So that doesn't actually count as a conspiracy. You've shown no actual proof that I told the Oath Keepers to go in and attempt to overthrow the election. You, you can you can blame me for being inflammatory. You can, but inflammatory is not prosecutable, yeah. right? So this is so that's going to be his defense. Again, I believe this thing is being charged in front of a federal judge appointed by Barack Obama, which means presumably a very unfriendly federal judge. I'm not sure which district this is being charged in, actually. Um, I I have to look that up real fast. It looks like it is being charged in D.C. So obviously that means that he's at a real disadvantage in this case because a D.C. jury is going to be a lot less friendly to him than, say, a Florida jury would be. And that's basically what I assume Jack Smith is counting on here. So then the question becomes how long the trial actually takes. When does the trial actually begin? He's going to be able to make the case, and I think it's a pretty solid case, That should be delayed until after the election. The reason that he's going to be able to say that is he's going to say, listen, I have at least two major ongoing legal cases. I have the Manhattan DA's case, right, which is, again, that one is complete BS. And then I also have the classified documents case being charged by Jack Smith down in Florida. And I'm probably going to get indicted in Georgia. And how do you expect me to simultaneously perform four defenses in the space of 12 months? You can't. So really what you should do is you should delay this trial until after the election. We already know that the Florida trial is likely to begin sometime in the middle of next year, right in the middle of I, the election cycle. I think the date was set for May 20th. I think that's right. Yeah. So that means that you'll probably get a verdict in that trial pretty, pretty quickly. I would imagine that that, that, that case is, the, to me, that's the most dangerous case to Trump. Of the indictments that have come down so far, clearly the classified documents one is the most dangerous case to Trump on the legal level. Even though
0: it's happening in Florida, which is red state, and
1: it's a Trump judge who's so the, yes, it. but, but the Trump judge is still a judge, about right? He had the documents, the problem, yeah. right? Right, exactly. I mean, the, the, the biggest problem for Trump is if you're going to do the criming, don't do the criming on tape, right? Like that's a, <laughs> the first rule of criming, don't do crime on tape. It's, it's just, you know, as as your lawyer, folks, don't do the crime on the tape. It's just a bad idea. So, it's, so th- that's the big problem for Trump. He's going to make the case essentially to the jury in that case for jury nullification. He's going to say, this shouldn't have been charged, not because I didn't do it. It shouldn't be charged because I wasn't risking national security and because they didn't charge Hillary Clinton. And it's unfair that Hillary gets to skate and I'm going to get charged for all of this. And it's obviously political. They're trying to stop me in the middle of an election cycle. Yep. So that, that's kind of where things stand, legally speaking, right now. Where do you to- rank
3: So the, the D.C. indictment out of all Trump's uh, 500 <laughs> indictments
1: and coming indictments in, in terms of risk to him, where do you rank the D.C. indictment? Uh, I, I would rank this one at number two. I think the Florida is the riskiest one. Uh, Because I I think the New York one is not particularly risky. I I think even a New York jury is going to have a real tough time finding Donald Trump in violation of a state campaign finance law that's connected to a federal campaign finance law that's connected to a payoff he made to Stormy Daniels in 2015. Which would effectively be
0: an in-kind contribution to his own campaign.
1: Yes. I mean, again, I think that that one's real tough. So I I think that one's super weak. Uh, I I think that the the Georgia case is going to be about as strong as the D.C. case. Because it's a very similar case. It's going to be basically very similar charges, but on a state level with regard to him pressuring Brad Raffensperger to to supposedly shift votes, although his defense is going to be in that case. I wasn't telling him to shift votes. I was saying, I know that there's fraud. All I need is this number of votes to win. I certainly know there's been more fraud than that. So you're telling me you can't find that number of votes that are fraudulent, right? That's that's what he's going to say. So that seems to me like a fairly solid defense, actually, because, again, it goes to intent. It's also in Georgia. It depends where in Georgia it's held. If it's held in Fulton County, it looks a lot like D.C., so those kind of tie for a second. Again, I think the most dangerous indictment for him remains the classified documents case, because to me, the, on an evidentiary level, this is just putting on my lawyer hat, on an evidentiary level, they almost have him dead to rights on that right. one. I mean, he, he literally said on tape, here is a classified document. I sh- could have declassified it, and I didn't declassify it. Would you like to see this document <laughs> right now?
2: It's only It's always with Trump the fact that they didn't do this. Hillary Clinton did Virtually the same thing didn't have the right of a president to declassify the documents, and they didn't prosecute her. And said she was wasn't it wasn't intentional when she actually bleach bit her phone. Right, and no, it's, 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 that's going to so be his that's, defense. That's, that's going to be a defense. his defense is. is going to be
1: that you didn't. The reason you didn't go after Hillary is because you said she didn't intend to disseminate the documents to foreign right. powers. Essentially, there is no proof or even implication that I intended to disseminate these documents to foreign powers. The most obvious explanation, as I said, literally the day that this news broke, is that Donald Trump likes things and he decides to keep them.
2: Yeah. Home Home any, uh, any attempt Home to memento. complicate
1: Donald Trump uh, is always an exercise <laughs> in tomfoolery. No, it's, the, it's a, whether it's intellectualizing Trumpism as a, as a, as a, a of coherent good. philosophy, yeah. or whether it's attempting to determine why the man kept a box of documents he should have given back to the National Archives... Occam's razor always applied with Donald Trump. The, the most simple explanation is always true. But, Donald but, Trump likes things, and so he keeps them. But tr- the man literally kept Trump's Israeli gone. antiquities just because he likes them.
2: His entire and, power comes from the fact that he is treated differently. Like, I, yes. I would have had no objection to the press treating him as badly as they did if they also treated Democrats the same way. It's, uh, that's the way I want them to treat people in power. The
1: original right. sin with regard to this case is that Hillary Clinton was not prosecuted. Which, by the way, is the reason Donald Trump is being prosecuted, because he literally said to his lawyers, remember that thing Hillary did over there? Can you do that for me? Which means that if Hillary had been prosecuted, you know he wouldn't have said that. Right. Right? So, again... And isn't there just at at a
0: higher political level, getting out of the legal minutiae here, we as a tradition in America, don't imprison former presidents, and we don't imprison the leader of the opposition. And it, regardless of, okay, he technically violated the statute with a documents case, or whatever.
2: You're making me nostalgic. Mike. I
0: know. Nostalgic? I mean, yeah, nostalgic for five years ago. Yeah. I, isn't there just something really banana republic-y about this, arresting the leader of the, the opposition? Way, this, by
2: the way, also is, is a case that if Trump were more articulate, he should be making. We now know because of this... this the collapse of hunter biden's sweetheart deal we know the doj is corrupt right. we know it is corrupt at their highest levels we saw it in court where the guy could not defend it was obviously trying to put something past a judge if they'd gotten a friendly judge she might have overlooked it but in fact she saw that it was being put past her we know they're corrupt now yeah. you know and i think that that's that's a case that i would be making on the well he, he
1: he is going to be making that case and that if is he going can, to be his strongest can, case if, if mean, he can enunciate I mean, it the, the, the thing that that is going to trump's benefit is the fact that the Biden DOJ is so obviously and clearly corrupt. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the Biden sweetheart deal, for folks who didn't watch what actually happened here, the, there's a pretty simple way to, to understand this. Hunter Biden was charged with two sets of crimes. One was financial crimes, tax fraud. The other, and he pled guilty to misdemeanors. And the other was the gun charge. In the financial crimes, there was nothing in there that said we waive all future charges on financial crimes. Nothing like that, yeah. right? It, it said nothing about that. In the, in the gun crime case, which ended up being diverted, he ended up in no charges, you get to go to drug rehab or whatever, it said in there, in exchange for this, anything that's mentioned in the financial crimes case, we will now waive. And so it was clear that the DOJ was attempting to waive the crimes that foreign agents, all of the crimes, crimes, everything. And so the defense thought that was the case, which is why they were signing onto the plea deal in the first place. And the DOJ thought that was the (laughs) case, but they didn't want the judge to know that was the case because it's so obviously corrupt. (laughs) It gets in front of the judge. The judge looks at this and says, hold up. So it's not in the charging document that you're actually giving me that you want me to sign off on. It's in this other document I have no actual jurisdiction over. And I'm supposed to apply that document to this. You're clearly attempting to lie to the American people by putting the sweetheart deal in a document that is not available publicly. At that point, the DOJ was so embarrassed by the public disclosure of this that they immediately say no no no, we didn't mean that at all none of this is real and hunter biden's attorney goes wait if it's not real we have no deal and the whole thing blows up right so w- w- what happened here is is a pretty textbook case of the doj at merrick garland's direction because that's how this happens which means at joe biden's direction attempting to let hunter biden off the hook for a wide variety of crimes which again that that is getting worse for joe biden i mean all, all that the, the hunter biden stuff is going to get worse it's it's it's
0: so, so let's say they, they put Trump in prison. Let's say one of the 7,000 indictments actually sticks. W- worth remembering, we have had people run for president from prison before. Eugene Debs got 8% of the vote. He was a socialist, so very much out of the mainstream of the American political tradition. He still got 8% of the vote w- at, when he was sitting in the can. As far as I know, there's no extra special rule and restriction on how you can run for president. The Constitution lays it out. Even if the guy's wearing an orange jumpsuit, Donald Trump could run for president from prison. He could win the presidency from prison, and it would probably help him if he's sitting there.
2: I think think it would help him, but I I actually think he would get the exact same amount of votes. I think at this point, they're playing a psyop on us. The Democrats are actually playing a psyop, which is that they know the more they persecute him, the more his base will stick and and the less popular he will be among independents and the people who actually decide the election. I mean, I I,
1: I totally agree with that. I I also think that nothing we now live in the era of nothing matters and truly nothing matters except for the turnout numbers in 2024. Mm. That's the entire game here. Right? If Biden gets low turnout, Trump could win even under those circumstances. Well, you know, I've long said, Ben, and I, I learned this
0: from Mitch Daniels, former governor of Indiana, there are two ways to beat the left. You can either out-argue them or you can out-breed them. And when you want to talk about the next generation of Americans, this is real and happening now, folks. The pro-life movement is scoring all sorts of victories. But did you know the abortion pill accounts for over half of the abortions committed in this country? More than 1,000 pre-born children die at the hand of this poison every single day. Preborn is the organization providing a solution to that devastating situation. Women are being fed the abortion pill and led to believe that it's an easy and safe way to terminate an unwanted pregnancy, whatever euphemisms they use. But they are not being told the truth about the harmful side effects and of course the emotional trauma left behind. This is a heartbreaking reality that needs to be addressed. Preborn network clinics are there for these women, offering love, hope, and an abortion reversal pill, thank God, which can save their baby if taken soon enough. But they cannot do this without our help, as all their services are free. For just $28, you can help hurting women and at-risk babies. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Or visit preborn.com slash backstage. All gifts are tax deductible. You will never regret saving a child's life. That is pound 250. Say baby, that's the code word, or visit preborn.com backstage. And we're talking about the babies and the sweet babies and the daddy and everything. And I know we have to get to this because it's here on my schedule. And I'm just actually, before we get to this, I'm going to take my phone out right now. And I'm going to set a timer. I'm going to set a timer. Let's do it. I don't, I can't. I am going to set a timer oh, for Lord. six minutes.
2: Okay? Oh, I was hoping, uh, I was hoping no. more I'm, like 90 seconds. Here there. we go. Uh,
0: this is, I'm being very generous here with the time. 16, really, add a one to that. 16. Because, because this stupid nonsense, forget about the indictments, the stupid nonsense going on at Capitol Hill with the ufo hearings and the friend of a friend of somebody's cousin saw a little glimmer of light in the sky oh, you That's mean right. the historic hearings that okay i'm before. clicking start here we go six minutes
3: <laughs> matt do you have any thoughts uh I, I have more thoughts than can fit into six minutes i feel uh-huh. like i'm at a disadvantage here uh i think the the main point first of all as i've tried to explain to ben when i destroyed him in this debate uh a couple days ago is that if you go into this already having decided as at least two of the people in this room have that you're not willing to listen to the evidence and no evidence could possibly convince you because uh-huh. you're you are you are uh, committed ahead of time to the proposition that aliens have never visited earth or, or, or that they don't even exist they don't exist which is Michael's absurd idea then of course you're not going to be convinced by this but if you are open minded as I am and I think I'm on all things am, I'm very known to be <laughs> open minded
2: oh absolutely then I think <laughs> you,
3: you listen and what do we have we have uh, do- we have documentation. We have photographs. We have video of these uh, crafts in the sky. A little blurry. We have wit- we have uh, we have expert eyewitness testimony. And I don't just mean the people that are testifying in Congress. I mean Navy pilots who are actual experts. Okay, I'll tell you what. I- I'll buttress your
0: ridiculous point of view. Uh, Nancy Mace and other Republicans were interviewing some of these people who say that they have firsthand knowledge of of these vehicles crashing and even potential life forms being found on it. Take it away. I pay attention to little, have you ever heard the word biologics before in your life? I've maybe heard it in the context of medicine. Occasionally it's it's a very precise word. Not, he's not saying we pulled ET out of the craft. Was a non-human biologic I don't know, like an ant crawled into the. It's so vague all the time. So so ant, say, he
2: what? hasn't seen anything. Well, he has. This, this guy, guy, this guy no, has. No, always seen anything.
3: like my cousin's friend's yeah. buddy's nephew. No. But this is <laughs> no. Hold on a second. This is a guy. This is what he does. This he's he's on. This, yeah. You know he's uh, he so works with the I government. He hasn't personally seen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to personally see all of it. He's talked to people that I have. So if that's all that we had, then I would agree that that's not very compelling. But when you add, so we're just adding evidence on top of evidence on top of evidence. So here's my question: to you, you're you're anti alien too, aren't you? No, 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 no. Oh, you're not. I, okay, good. I believe,
2: but but I I don't believe they're here. But I believe they're okay. They're well, then you're wrong also.
3: <laughs> so what we know that there are these crafts in the sky that are doing things that defy the laws of physics we understand them we've seen them okay we we, we can see the video
1: what what are they okay so excellent question matt and i'm so glad you asked so <laughs> two points one if evidence were presented that were overwhelming in nature i would shift my opinion but these are outstanding allegations that require outstanding evidence okay not all evidence not all claims require equivalent evidence if I claim that I'm going to drink from this cup of water, the amount of evidence that it will to for, to prove that claim is very small. I would just have to drink from this cup of water. If I were to claim that there is a ma- massive dragon just outside the door, right here, who's about to eat you, I would presumably have to now provide you like actual physical evidence that that is a thing. So that's a pretty large scale. We claim. have the dragon, Ben. We have the dragon. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> uh, aside from your claim that we have we have the dragon, um, aside from that, the the actual. Let, let me ask you this. Do you think that you things the well no, no no so this is a, so in order for me to answer the question I have to as all Jews would ask a question <laughs> okay which is do you think that there are things that defy the laws of physics in the physical universe Because that is the phraseology you just used. You just began mm, by suggesting mm, that people have observed craft in the sky that seem to violate the laws of physics. So let me ask you, do you believe in the laws of physics? Because if you actually believe in the laws of physics, that might suggest that you now have two choices. One, you have to believe that somehow these alien spacecraft defy those laws of physics, which are irrevocable and non-changeable. Or miraculous. Or two that there has been some form of optical illusion or radar malfunction. No, wait, which would wait, wait, explain. we no, I said, I I said, I said as a really we spiritual being. Well, yeah. We could
3: be incorrect about the laws yeah, of yeah, physics. Yeah, that's why I said as we understand them. Right. Oh, oh,
1: we ca- okay. So that's it, the qualifier. It, the, the things that we would have to be wrong about in terms of the laws of physics are things like apparently the ionization of the atmosphere in the wake of objects okay. that are moving. So what we have, we have... And these, are, these are fairly basic physical principles.
3: We have uh, physical objects in the sky that are flying at, at, at high rates of speed. Stop on a dime and then go up or go down. So we, we don't know, we would have no idea how to create something that can do, do that. So
1: this is, this is, someone has possession. to of, do that on radar or at very large distances that scientists have suggested also could be, and again, these are could be's. Okay, so let's, let's put the, stack up these two possibilities. One, these are alien spacecraft that come from light years away correct. to Earth to fly around, be observed by radar, and then leave. Okay, that's That's, that's possibility number Well, Possibility number two. Who said they leave? Oh well, not not be visible anymore. Okay. Or possibility or number two. Or possibility number two, optical illusion or radar malfunction. Which have you personally experienced more times? Optical <laughs> illusion and radar. Mal- like when you look. Into I've the never distance experienced on a experience hot radar day,
3: malfunction. Do- I don't have a radar. Uh-
0: <laughs> <Check me. laughs> can, I
1: introduce,
0: can I introduce some evidence into this evidence list? Do you think that mer- right <laughs>
1: when you look out into the distance on a real hot day, you think it's a lake out there, or you think that maybe that's actually just the heat <laughs> rising? From so, the lake. Hold on a second. But it's if- a Martian lake.
3: They have radar where they're locked in on an object that's moving.
2: It does require require that they have to be able to bend space-time fly from another galaxy, arrive here, and then their spark plugs jam and they crash. This is the thing, this is the part that, I, that loses me. If they have the possibility of violating what we think of as the laws of physics, and then they come here, and then it's like, put put put. oh, I'm out of gas. You well, know, also, they just
1: crash. You have How to does that, happen? that The government is good at things. Thank you so oh much. Oh, my thank God. Hang on a second. We haven't even begun.
0: I'd like to introduce one piece of evidence here. How do I stop this? I'm kind We're, of a luddite. Yeah, lead. stop here's, it. Here's, yeah, here's a piece it. of evidence. I have, and I've never introduced this before. You know my view is that uh, aliens are just angels and demons for libs who don't who don't believe in anything beyond the
2: material world. That's crazy too.
0: <laughs> but but uh, uh, here's my piece of evidence. Alistair Crowley, the most famous occultist and uh <laughs> and satanist, a
2: satanist yeah.
0: Satanist. He once had a vision of a demon. I'm sure he had many visions of a demon, but one time he sketched out the vision that he had of a demon. Uh, we don't have the graphic pulled and I frankly don't even want to have to look at it. If you look at it, it just looks like people say aliens look. BT, it's just, yeah. They're just demons, guys. Uh, but I,
3: I understand... Flying around in spacecraft?
0: Yeah, well, appearing to, yeah, because they're pure spirit and not body. So what are the demons? Guys. That's why we don't have the bodies. We have What's non-human the point biologics, of the- <laughs> which is like a
3: chicken sandwich what <laughs> some Navy
0: pilot had or some like Chinese drone or something. Why
1: are uh, demons flying is right, This is also one of my favorite graphics. I love this Yes,
3: yes.
0: This yeah. one's
1: great. Reported UFO sightings. Report. Do you notice reported? Right, no,
3: no, no. Reported, so this, this is what... There's not a lot of reports coming from China because they're not telling us about them. What
0: about
1: Africa or Latin America or even Canada? Who's going to report North in South Africa? America, or maybe yeah. it's a bunch of crazy people Europe. in America who have cell phones. Yeah. Maybe it's a bunch of crazy people who are on yeah. social media all day. So that's, that's Western,
3: <laughs> uh, Western society, modern technology, lots of cell phones. That's where you see the sightings. In, in, in places like China, they're not going to report it. They're smarter than that. They're not going to tell us
1: about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Africa, who's doing, here, right? Afri- who's doing the reporting in Africa? Who's doing the reporting? In the savannah. Like. Maybe it turns oh, yeah. out that when people are not bored and actually have to fight to survive, they don't crap about stupid optical illusions <laughs> you know, in the sky. They, there's, also another,
2: there's also another question. When they found the slightest evidence that there was possible life on Mars this is in the 1980s, they found the possibility that there had once been water. It was on the front page of the New York Post. Why would they hide this? Why, why is this a secret?
3: That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> that's the question. I would love for us to be talking about that question so we could get past this silly question of whether they exist in the first place. Okay, fine. First.
1: So what's your, what's your theory? Why they're hiding it? Yeah. Yes.
3: Well, first of all, right now, it's, they're, it's, it's, they're actually admitting
1: <laughs> it. So like now... Now, yeah, what... but why, why hide it up till now? Are they good at hiding things in the government? Yeah. <laughs> Are they good at anything? The government. Like, they're so good that for 70 years, they've been hiding the greatest discovery in the history of No, I think this actually works exactly like you would expect it to. Like, early on,
3: before the internet and before everyone had cell phones and everything, they could easily hide it because they didn't didn't have to tell us. You have some farmer in Kansas, as I saw, a UFO. It's easy for the government to say, yeah, that guy's crazy. But now there's so many videos coming out and you got Navy pilots and all this stuff. They have to say something, and so now we have some whistleblowers coming out. It's kind of working exactly as you would expect it to. It's working exactly yeah. as Mike, you would Michael, I'm going to
0: hang myself. Yeah. Can we move on? <laughs> I would, I, my only question, look, I'd happily move on, except I don't know who owns part of Daily Wire right now because I always assumed that you were part owner of the company and that these guys were just, you know, hired help. <laughs> but then I, I learned today on the Matt Walsh show that, in fact, the turntables may have turned or something.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he's not my boss anymore, though, because I owned him. Uh, legally, he is now my employee. This is written into law. A lot of people don't know this, but if you is an actual thing. If you own your boss on a, on a, with a YouTube video, then after that, he actually becomes your subordinate. So it's a little known <laughs> loophole in uh, our labor True. laws. But that's wow. that's the situation.
1: Uh, that, is shocking, that is a shocking. That is a shocking development to me. And right I on. urge you to try to cash a check under those. Did pre- they uh, <laughs> not teach you that at Harvard right. Law? <laughs> Hang on
3: a second. There's a bit I have to do. I was Ben. This is an Uno card.
1: <laughs> I was told,
3: so I was told uh, off stage that the, the kids will understand that joke and they'll relate to it. I don't you get. Even I joke understood at all.
2: that joke.
3: Yeah. I don't know. So I, was told, I had this whole conversation about it, uh-huh. and I was told the kids.
0: The I am, kids I will am it. emotionally I think,
1: twelve years old. Though. I think we've all learned something here today.
3: <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. I, listen, while we're owning Ben, I I have. I have a t- forget about the alien. In violation of the Thirteenth Amendment. Invite. <laughs> I I have to. I in preparation for this show tonight. I know you hate Barbie. I know that you hate Barbie so much, and it became I so much. I swear to part, God, if
1: you defend Barbie. I'm going to come
0: across the table. I'm so. not doing. Listen, I went into it wanting to like Barbie uh, because I did want to disagree with I know, you. And I assumed we would, you would, but but I kept an open mind and I thought, look, I'm not going to do it just to. I, sincerely. I, I think it's. I think it's terrific. I think it's anti-feminist. I know you disagree, so much so that The View featured your (laughs) harangue, your violent attack on Barbie and Ken on their show.
3: Get worked up over a doll movie. Like, it reminds me of the Bud Light, you know,
0: scandal or whatever. Is there not something more important going on in the world to get super passionate about? (laughs) But it is, to Joy's point, it kind of shows how the right-wing influencers are actually out of touch with actual Republicans. I'm so taken by some of these right-wing men who have all these thoughts on masculinity. Oh, yeah. Like, somehow the Barbie movie is going to make them feel emasculated. No,
1: caring so much about it is honestly I the most emasculating thing I could think about. Yeah, I think the last <laughs> well, wasn't that Ben Shapiro? Yeah. Because if you're sitting there and you flipped it on a head and it was... He the, looks what, like he should be in the ball well, if you flip... <laughs> Why? Because I have a rippling six pack. Apparently, <laughs> uh, you've got <laughs> energy. <Gosselin.
3: laughs> uh, this is. Meanwhile, but sorry, I'm letting you guys. But they they are the ones. These people celebrate the movie at some great triumph. Right. And, and the then if we, go. so it's the same thing. If we criticize it, well, why do you care so much? You're the one saying it's the great uh, feminist triumph in the first place. So you're you know, this, is my,
1: this is my face tattoo syndrome routine. It's like you, you go into the Starbucks and there's some weirdo with a face tattoo. And then you look at the face tattoo like, what are you looking at? Like your face tattoo. <laughs> it's like, well, you're the ones who decided that Barbie was not just a movie about a, a child's toy. You decided that it was a movie about the power of feminism. And it was so important that every child had to see it so that girls could be empowered. And then I'm like, well, I think that it's a crappy movie. I don't think it's funny. I think it's kind of stupid. I think that it promotes a bad message. And you're like, "Ugh." Oh, how dare you be upset about this movie that's going to earn a billion dollars at you the box office? You did set the doll on fire. Let's. I mean, let's burned, it's, it's a Barbenheimer joke. First of all, so uh, second of all, I made a lot of money off of that. And so they asked me. My producers came to me and they said, "With all the money that we've made off of that Barbie review, what would you like to do with that?" And I said, "Well, you have to keep investing in the business. So we obviously have to buy like 800 more Barbies and set them on fire." Set them, to, set them all I mean, on fire. I mean, you just—it's arbitrage, you just, it's at that point. Yeah, that's right. You have to keep investing in the business. <laughs> you don't pull out until the business is is essentially done. Quick note to uh, Alyssa Farah, who, um, I met Alyssa Farah when I was in my president and vice president of Mike Pence's office in the that. Oval Office. And, uh, she was a large scale fan of the show at the time. Really? Oh yes. And, uh, and so her, uh, her mock horror at, at learning that I dislike the Barbie movie, I, I find rather uh, unconvincing. What she has here is very strong
0: 2012 GOP energy, yes. <laughs> which is you know, who cares about the culture? Let's just
1: talk yes, about things yes. that matter, like yeah, really smart you know, regulatory attacks. reform. Oh, wait, I mean, yeah, regulatory I, I, reform. I,
2: I think we should pause
1: here for a moment. Let's hear. Did you like this bar? I, I did. I'll, I'll give First you. First of all, I'm proud of you for coming out as a gay man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen, good you for know, you. Living your truth. Grew <laughs> up in New York. I went to a certain university. Yeah, that's I, really uh, you know, no socks in my loafers. <laughs> uh, I, I sincerely liked it because You're the worst person. I, listen, I, this is not. Certain the movies,
1: banish, my
0: certain <laughs> movies I will grant you. It's <laughs> the kind to.
2: of sophisticated conversation
0: that I love to be a part of. <laughs> I, I try, in some movies, I'll totally grant. I Maybe I'm inclined to read a little too much into it or something like that. I don't think that's what's going on here. I think the movie is very clearly anti-feminist. Here's my brief evidence for it. Barbie Land is a feminist utopia. It's established that way from the opening scene. The opening scene, uh, this is spoiler alert, by the way. The opening scene is an homage to 2001 A Space Odyssey, and the little girls are having fun playing with their baby dolls until Barbie comes around. And Barbie, the symbol of feminism, comes in and in, inspires these girls to murder their baby dolls mm. and to pursue Barbie. Then in Barbie Land, the women run everything, and they're all feminists. They're all the woman is a president, woman's a doctor, woman's this, woman's that. The men are total second
1: class. Technically, a simples. man who's playing a woman is a doctor, but yes,
0: a man. Oh yeah, I know. But the, the you know the trans woman, the trans thing is is there as part of the Barbie universe, but it's not totally emphasized. Um, and so in in Barbie Land. You, you get a view of all of the Barbies. And, oh, this Barbie is this figure and this, that, and the other thing. Except for one gets written out very early on. There's a pregnant Barbie. But then very quickly mm. they say, oh, no, she's not allowed to be here. We got rid of her really quickly. And in, in Barbie land, Barbie's not totally... Happy. I mean, it's it's she's happy in the sense that it's the same fun party every single day. But there's no future. There's only this perpetual present. And uh, then she goes into the real world. And by the way, even when she when the feminist guru character offers Barbie the chance to go into the real world to to see what it's like and to try to fix some problems, she says, "Okay, you take the red pill or the blue pill. The the re- red pill is the Birkenstocks. The blue pill is the high heels." Hmm. What does Barbie say? She goes, "Oh, I have the choice. Good. I'll take the high heels, please. Yeah. I want to just be a happy woman." And the feminist says, oh, you weren't supposed to pick that. You don't actually have the choice. You've got to wear the Birkenstocks, go into the real world. So she goes into the real world. The real world is supposedly a patriarchy. And you hear the word patriarchy, as you pointed out, Ben. You hear the word patriarchy like a dozen in double times digits, in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but what's very interesting is the, the actions that move the plot along, that actually have consequences in the world, they're all done by women in very subtle ways. A woman who draws a little picture of Barbie, a woman who has a thought about death and the future and generations. The central theme of the, of the whole movie is motherhood. And so then I'm not, I won't go, maybe I'll go into it a little bit more on my show tomorrow, but let's fast forward. we we'll go back to, back to Aliens. This is, <laughs> this is where I think, where Greta Gerwig, God. who is a fairly conservative filmmaker, if you watch Lady Bird, where Greta Gerwig I think really tips her hand, and this is a major spoiler alert, at the very end, there's there's this scene where after the big feminist speech, the woman is complaining. She says, she says, it's so impossible to be a woman because we're expected yeah. to be girl bosses. We're expected to work all these jobs. The things she's complaining about are the result of feminism, not traditional society. Then Barbie is given the choice. Do you stay in the feminist utopia Barbie land, do you go into the real world, which is supposedly a patriarchy? She chooses the real world. She goes out there and she meets the creator of Barbie, Rhea Berlman. Great uh, scene. And Rhea Perlman actually says, she says, well, what about all this, you know, the, this awful world out here? She goes, look, we come up with all these make-believe things to make sense of the complicated world. We make things up, like Barbie like patriarchy. Hmm. So she actually says this notion of the patriarchy is a made-up thing. God, and then, a, then the, here's the... So here's not she saying that the patriarchy itself is yes, a thing that she's we... Saying. No, she's saying. God. she's saying the notion of patriarchy, and here's the, here's the final proof of it. The, the final scene, r- right before Barbie decides, okay, this is going to be my life in the real world, the montage of what she can achieve in the real world is not her going out to be a girl boss at some widget company or whatever. It's motherhood. And then the very final scene, this is the clincher where I think you couldn't deny it. She's walking in, and it's supposed to be the big triumph of Feminist Barbie. She's walking in for her job interview. Walks up to the secretary, and she says, Hi, my name is Barbara Handel, and I'm I'm here for my appointment. And the woman says, Okay, what can I do for you? What are you here for? And she says, Not I'm here for my job interview. She says, I'm here to see my gynecologist. Hmm. That's which it. is it? It's a play on the motherhood from the beginning. It's a play on Barbie. You know, the, so the I, from I, a
2: wait. I want, I want to. Say, I have to say something. I I can't defend you because I didn't see Barbie because I'm a heterosexual adult, <laughs> but adult male. But I, but I have to say that Greta Gerwig is not a radical feminist director. Just having seen Lady Bird, which is quite no. A good but film. she
1: is. But she like. Noah Baumbach, her, her yes. paramour.
2: yeah, who also and, is against did that
1: wonderful movie about divorce. And oh, I can't believe you like that movie. Oh, it was about how destructive that, divorce was. That, that, that entire movie honest, is about bro. a bunch of uh, a bunch of self obsessed, yeah. narcissistic jackass. But how destructive. Who don't that. give a shit about their kid. That's what that dist- movie's about. But right. And, and, I'm supposed to, and somehow I'm supposed to care about these people and their story. No,
2: no, no, no. It was about how destructive. You're right. That. These are all secretly. Are you,
1: are, do, do you no, no, I didn't say she was conservative. Said, she's a, but she's but she, not a she, feminist. She would, she would have Here's what I would at you: she,
3: Anti-feminist. Art. She's
2: anti-feminist. Okay. Yeah. So you think but she
3: she intentionally made, a, like, this broadside attack on feminism itself. I mean, you would have I, to be I, a I, I, far conservative, but, but Matt, like, how, hardcore conservative how, how, how to do something like that. No, no,
2: that's... No, wait, 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 wait. That's, yes, that's
3: actually the, not here's my what, point. Here's
2: this what actually happened. happened. You know wait, wait, wait. what actually happened? Wait, have you seen... You wait, haven't seen me, the movie. Me, be quiet. No, no, no. But this, Hold what, on. All right, Drew, this finish. This finish yeah. There, There is a movement now among highly intelligent, semi-left-wing women rejecting feminism. It is, It is growing up, and the only person covering it ...is me, because I actually listen to
0: what they say. What? Like the Red Scare podcast, right? Yes, the Red Scare, Mary
2: Harrington. These are women who identify as more or less left-wing, but they suddenly say, you know, these babies are kind of nice, and we're being written out of existence by the transgender movement, which is a logical extension of feminism. They're not dumb, and they Mm. see this, and I'm not... I I, I haven't seen the movie... really this, don't
1: want to, except now I'll have th- to. This, this whole conversation <laughs> makes me want to take a sleeping pill, but I have to get through the rest of the show, which is why I rely on Black Rifle Coffee. <laughs> black Rifle Coffee literally fuels the Daily Wire. Our office drinks about 40 pounds of their coffee every week. I'm having like two tonight just to get through this garbage. <laughs> if you haven't tried Black Rifle Coffee yet, you need to. A great place to start is their Complete the Mission fuel sampler, giving you a taste of the entire spectrum of Black Rifle Coffee flavor profiles. Offering four-ounce bags of the following roasts, the Silencer Smooth AK-47 Espresso, Beyond Black and Just Black, The only hard part, will be picking a favorite amongst these classics. Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-founded coffee company operated by principled men and women who honor those who protect, defend, and support our country. With every purchase you make, they give back. Stop running out of coffee. Sign up for a Coffee Club subscription. Have Black Rifle Coffee delivered straight to your door on a schedule. Coffee Club subscribers receive their high-quality coffee at lower prices with free shipping. Plus, they get early access to exclusive deals and prices. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com, use promo code Backstage check out for 10% off your order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com, use promo code Backstage for 10% off. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Okay, so <laughs> let me now give a, a couple pronged response. One, there's the movie that you are seeing, and then there's the movie that the American public is seeing. Okay, you're doing a real Straussian esoteric read. On this film. I don't think it's that esoteric, but yeah, it's definitely a deep read on Barbie. Okay. (laughs) The surface read on Barbie is nothing remotely like this. The surface read on Barbie is that Barbie herself, when she goes into the real world, is immediately victimized by the patriarchy. That Ken, when he goes back to Barbie land, immediately establishes the horrors of the Kendom, which must be overcome. Which, and the, and the the, and the conclusion the women love kendom, though. Until they though. Until they are disabused of their love of Kendem by the truth, which is feminism. At which point, they do not actually... The, the, the normal, by the way, course that this movie would take if you were to actively make it you know, in an anti-feminist direction is that Barbie Land would become more equal. Right, everyone would treat each other as an individual. That's not what happens. Instead, they reestablish the matriarchy at the end with the men in a subservient position. And the tagline at the end, where she learns emotion and suggests so to go back to the real world and therefore goes to the gynecologist, is not about motherhood. It's a throwaway joke about her growing a vagina because that's the entire film. The film has these kinds of jokes littered throughout it. The, 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 the notion that this is like a deep read on feminism is not right. The, the only plausible notion I can see is that Greta Gerwig herself is trapped by feminism. Meaning that she made a movie that was meant to be an homage to feminism. It was meant to be a rip on the patriarchy. And she finds herself unable, because she is not truly, as you say, like an ardent feminist, she finds herself in this false bind of not being able to get out. And so what that's reflected in is a very messy movie. The movie is a thematic mess. There are a bunch bunch of elements of it that do not fit your narrative, and they don't fit my narrative. And the reason is because they're in conflict with one another. I don't think so. I mean, I, I just... There I, I, is literally a speech where she where Barbie articulates that in order to live as a woman in the real world, either you have to buy fully into delusion or you have to be considered crazy weird Barbie who is lesbian, Kate McKinnon, weird Barbie. Right. Those are the only two choices. There is no third choice whereby you can live a happy life as a traditional woman. This is forbade. But Then what does she do? You're you're right that she's troubled by the America. Ferrera speech does not. And, America. Ferrer's speech is not about how the solution to this is traditional joys of motherhood. It's about how it's impossible because men are evil pigs for women to live happily. Right. No, they he literally says that in the speech. No, no.
0: This is the point. They're, you're right that in these speeches, they're trying to work through the problems of feminism, and they're speaking as many American and many liberal women would speak today, and they feel that it's a trap. But but then at the end of the movie, the c- conclusion, the reconciliation of these problems. So I have a question. Is
1: Why does the left love it? Simple question. Why do the women of The View like Wait, liking? wait, can I, can why? I ask a question? Is it because I, I they're, they're... Are they misreading it or are you misreading it? They're, they're misreading it, of course. They're misre- they, don't, they misread so, everything. So, they so, don't know what a man is. Okay, so the, so, the, so the 50, 60, 70 million people who are watching, you think they're reading it like you or you think they're reading it like the ladies of The View? I don't know how they're reading it. I do. I do, but, but, but I wait, can... Wait, I, I want to yeah. ask
2: a question about that because what I w- did is I went and see Oppenheimer simply for the experience of having three hours of not watching Barbie. And I thought Oppenheimer was a really good movie. I thought it was, in fact, the first really good movie that guy has made. I know everybody's... I want to love him, but I thought it was the first movie he's made since the Dark Knight trilogy that was really good. And one of the things that truly impressed me about Oppenheimer was how art trumps politics. Because in politics, you have to sit around and talk about, were we right to drop the bomb? Yes, we were. No, we weren't. That kind of thing. You know, it's this binary choice that you have to make. But in the arts, you can say we might have had to drop it. It might still be an atrocity. We might It might be an atrocity. It might have been the best atrocity. It might have been a good thing in the moment. It might lead to the end of the world. You can have this kind of complex vision of the world. And so people are going to People who are politicized are going to go to these movies and come out and say, well, he, he talked too much about the communists or he left the communists off. The, but that's not what he's doing. He's actually making art, which is much more complex than politics. Yeah. So maybe she's doing the same thing. Well,
0: this is, I guess this is, I don't know her politics. Yeah. And she's a... she's kind of coy in her politics. But I i will say, I think she's a genius filmmaker. I think she's really an excellent filmmaker. <laughs> I, think,
1: I think Lady Bird was the terrific. Mo- okay. Forget Lady Bird for a second because we can discuss. And I think that. Barbie was terrific. It's okay, also Bar- just great filmmaking. It, it is not even remotely great filmmaking. It has about three laugh moments. The movie's at least twenty minutes too long. I was laughing the whole time. It is too long. Though, I agree. It, the movie is. But we, all we, movies uh, are too long. All movies well, okay, are too long. Okay, but it, it's it's a great sin in a comedy because it's all timing. the The only funny performance in the film is given by Ryan Gosling. He's okay, excellent. No, Margot Robbie is good. not funny. I thought she was good. She, she, Robbie. Okay, but the, the promo was good. There, the, She's the kind of writer who drops Proust Barbie jokes in the middle of a film. <laughs> which I lolled at, I'll tell you. I'll of laugh. course you did, because this movie was written for you. It really was. It was written for upper-class well, white females. W- well, <laughs> upper-class white females. That's who it was written for. Okay, you know who it wasn't that was, written that was for? was low, Ben. <laughs> because you know who this was not True, written for? True, but low. Yeah. You know who this was not written for? The actual people who like Barbies, namely young girls. It was not okay, for young girls. And, and, But yeah. you know who was showing up at the theater? Yeah. I know, because I was there. I had to go to this damn thing. Yeah. I was there, and you know who it was? It was mommies and their eight-year-old girls. I saw... And t- all those eight-year-old girls were being told on the screen by a man playing a woman that the way that women are to be upheld in society is to literally separate from the men. This is the message... One of the messages in, the bad in Barbie place. land. In the bad place. In the good place, there are no men. They don't exist. The only men in the good place... No, the, are, the, are the bad place is Barbie land. That's why Barbie leaves. She... She leaves because she's become too human. Okay, it's it's this. But isn't it's this she role. like immediately assaulted as soon as she gets? Yes, the real she up. slapped on the ass immediately. So that, but she still but chooses that. to go back because she likes patriarchy. But also, Michael, the, place the, it. the
3: the existence of this uh, of this trans person in, in the film at all. Completely destroys your theory. That this is correct, make...
0: of course. The tra- the trans person is. I guess my theory is hit on by on Ryan
1: Gosling my, in the film as a. But my theory Trans person hinges... there to
3: make some kind of anti. Uh,
0: my, well, no, they're pointing out that, gender that Barbie ideology. has all of these very feminist aspects to it, including the transgenderism. I want to go to see but, but and Margot Robbie is Margot Robbie is <laughs> great <laughs> in the movie. Let's <laughs> just believe it at that. <laughs> but but no, the, I guess my theory hinges on, Barbie Land as a feminist utopia being the sort of thing that ought to be rejected as it is by the
1: protagonist at the end of the movie. And yet it's not destroyed. If she wished to destroy it, then what she actually had to do was come to the natural denouement of the movie, which they're building toward because she mistreats Ken. The way that this is supposed to conclude... But by Ken any is a dramatic- cuck. Ken is a simp. That's the pro- he's not a man. That's, that's a ridiculous. He's not a patriarch. Now, now now he's not. not he only exists. He literally comes back and he establishes a man's utopia in her view. And the, the proper conclusion the of f- this f- film would be for... Barbie and Ken to get along and for them to actually share this utopia, but that's not. The but they don't have a marriage. Control. They have a long distance, low effort relationship. Can that's I, can what I it. It. It's just. So a, it's, it's obviously a,
2: gay,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got Although, By I the I way, the could... entire the entire movie is just gay jokes about Ken and the fellow Kens. Right, there's, that's there's, the problem. There's He's a, not a, a real a, man. I mean, let's face it. There's like, he a four minute segment at the beginning where they literally make jokes about gay masturbation for it is literally it's literally, yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally for, yes. for 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 is it, that's minutes. the feminist view of the man which is to, now you got I, in you trouble. Know, I, I can't deal with this like listen <laughs> i like strauss okay i read leo strauss i enjoy natural right history i i like all that stuff okay but i'm just going to point out to you that you're so unbelievably full of dog crap at this point <laughs> I, this is not a at, at best what you can say Are you claiming, in order for what you're saying to be true, Greta Gorg has to be a conscious anti-feminist. How do we put a time limit on aliens, but not on this? (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll shift shift to to a slightly related
0: topic that you got in trouble for, which is uh, you jerk. You outrageous, (laughs) bomb-throwing maniac. You criticized feminism and went viral for it. Mm -hmm. What did you say?
3: Uh, well, I mean, that's, I haven't seen either movie and I, I want to see Oppenheimer, it's but six kids, I can't see a three hour movie in theater. It's just impossible. I it's this, like, yes. impossible. Uh, I
1: did this last week. Yeah. And yeah. Let me tell you, my wife is not super happy with me.
3: Yeah. Oh, you not went by before. yourself.
1: I, I went with a couple of, of friends and, um, I showed up like 45 minutes after the kids had gotten back from camp. It didn't go amazing. Because <laughs> oh. I always had this idea that I should bring my wife for things like that. And that's why I couldn't. I, I asked I, my wife. I guess we have wanted to start. see Indiana Jones and not yeah. this. Yeah.
3: Uh, but. Anyway, I, so f- as someone who hasn't seen it, I, I, uh, what I take from this is that it's a good opportunity to reflect on uh, the fact that feminism has killed more people than, than the atom bomb, which is what I tweeted out. <laughs> it, it has killed far more people than, than the atom bomb. It was, it, it, the, the funny thing so is... It's so subtle about this
2: Simple fact, it's,
3: just, right, it, it is, it's actually a simple fact. not that, wrong. It, it was interesting to me to see a lot of, not surprising, but even some conservatives reacting to that. It's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What could you possibly, really, 60 million? Like, let, we can just start yeah. with 60 million babies. That's yeah. really just the beginning of it before we get to the totally utter true. destruction of the family by, by, uh, by feminism. Completely true. But the, the mean, interesting I thing would, that I happened would, from I mean, this, feels weird, yeah. is that it, it, it was an opportunity for the what they call the gender-critical feminists, who are the feminists who are critical of transgenderism, who have been really uncomfortable with me, but they're kind of like, I don't know, this guy, and what is a woman? And They saw this, and they're like, okay, screw this guy. And um, they started passing along this video of, of Helen Joyce, who's a feminist writer. And, and uh, a year ago, she did an interview that I didn't even see. But it, she was talking about what is a woman. And she made the argument that all these gender-critical femi- feminists think is quite brilliant. That um, someone like me, you know, I'm, I'm critical of, of transgenderism. But I don't understand that as a, as a proponent of, uh, of, of gender roles, I'm actually, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know, setting the stage for transgenderism. And so that's where the conversation went, which I think is very interesting because what they don't understand is that is that among feminism's many sins, it is that it, it, it is the thing that actually I set totally the stage well, for I mean, transgender think, uh,
1: clearly the, the Clearly, the logical and philosophical line and historical line is directly from feminism to transgenderism. Yep. I mean, there's just no question about that. Julie Smith Firestone was writing about transgenderism in the early 1970s. Right.
0: Absolutely.
1: I mean, like, the, like the, 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 this is what the, the statement you're making, which is on a purely philosophic level, which is that feminism in obliterating gender roles has made clear that men can be women and women can be men because if there are no actual roles, then how exactly can't you be? Right. Gender non-binary is the status quo then put that aside, just on a purely historic level, the, the line of thinking goes from essentially Betty Ann to the next stage, Shulamith Firestone, forward to trans ideology. I mean, they're lit- Shulamith Firestone literally writes an entire paper about how this is the case, how in the future, men will be able to have babies and women will be the ones who are inseminating them and all of this kind of stuff. I mean, so the, the, that's, in this, that's in 1970. So like, they're just wrong, factually speaking. And,
3: and the, the, one of the points I made to, to Helen is in, 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 a really obvious one that if traditional gender roles uh, lead to transgenderism, well, traditional gender roles existed across the entire world. They were the only thing that existed for thousands of years. And yet transgenderism did not exist in any of these cultures. And if you go even now, as we did in the film and go to cultures that still have these so-called traditional gender roles, they've never even heard of this stuff. (laughs) And (laughs) And yet feminism comes along and like a
1: second later... You've got
3: transgenderism. So it's by aggressive. the way,
1: uh, just on the Oppenheimer note, since yeah. you, you tied it into this tweet, Oppenheimer was a communist, uh, and they should have yeah. denied his security clearance. But he, was, <laughs> but
2: he was not. But he was not a. He was not an official communist. Ah, clique, so this is,
1: this is under, this is under this is under serious. So did you, there, I thought a letter, he was. There's a letter. So there's a letter from a Soviet agent to Lorente Beria in mm-hmm. 1944, I believe, talking about how. Oppenheimer was a funnel for information for the Soviets. You- and, and, and you know, whether that's true or whether that's false, there's no question that every single person, like, in terms of was he a security risk? Every single person he hung out with was, like, a card-carrying member of the Communist Party. Yeah. Do you want that guy having access to, like, all your... I mean, I understand <laughs> why you do it in the middle of World War II where you have to win. But after that, there's a pretty good case that at that point you're like, you know, thanks for the service. I really, <laughs> uh, it's, it's the, the, the thing about Oppenheimer that's really fascinating, only two of us have seen it, is that every argument that is made by Oppenheimer's opponents is correct. Every single one of them, right? Mm. They argue that the hydrogen bomb is going to be necessary because the Soviets will develop it without right. us developing it. Yeah. They argue that mutually assured destruction is going to prevent mass death, which it did. If you look at the number of war deaths in the first half of the 20th century versus the last half of the 20th century, it, it plummets. I mean, we, America loses 400,000 men during World War II. And now, in a typical, really horrific war like Afghanistan, we lose twenty four hundred men. Right, like th- things are just radically different. Oh, going
2: going to a physicist for your politics is like this is a the so this is
1: the this is the part with the movie the- that actually and I, I really enjoyed it and I yeah. thought not enjoy is, is is not the right word. I, I found it's a fascinating movie. Yeah. it's a really fascinating. movie. It also has movie. some
2: of the best acting I've I've seen. The ever. the
1: acting is spectacular. The cinematography is amazing. The fact that Nolan is is a movie god in the sense that he can make a three hour film with one explosion and make hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office. And, and it, I
2: have to say, I hate three-hour films on principle. I think there should be a federal law against them. It, didn't, it went by. Yeah, it it's,
1: it's, it. It, the first hour of it is unbelievably compelling. You yeah. know, I... Uh, sorry to cut you off, but
3: I, I think, you know, obviously we're talking about Oppenheimer, and the atom bomb was rough for Japan, but one thing that's rough for a lot of people is dark spots on their skin.
2: Too <laughs> <so>, true. <too, too. laughs>
3: Our friend, uh, a great, uh, great segue. Yeah. Right. Over at GenuCell, sold out oh, wow. of their dark spot corrector sure. and our listeners have been begging for a restock well i have great news the dark spot corrector is back in stock and thank goodness for that because you know who needs the dark spot corrector more than most i usually don't do transitions at all and this is what happens when i try to. <laughs> there's do. a
1: reason there's
3: you know who has a lot of dark spots and terrible skins this show's producer mathis mathis i don't mean this to be harsh but you are a disgusting ugly freak <laughs> i've never seen so many dark spots in my life your dark spots have dark spots it's genuinely unsettling. Put me in a bad headspace before the show. Uh, One might even say it put me in a dark spot just looking at your (laughs) grotesque, disgusting figure. So please do the world a favor. Better yet, do me a favor and fix your face, you monster, with GenuCell's quick-acting dark spot corrector. Consider this my gift to you as the new boss of The Daily Wire. And you at home can enjoy the wonderful gift of GenuCell products by going to GenuCell.com backstage right now to get 70% off GenuCell's most popular package. Cell's most popular package features other summer essentials like their best-selling ultra-retinol moisturizer with a powerful retinol alternative for safe use in the sun. You'll be amazed at how quickly you'll see results or get 100% of your money back guaranteed. Go to GenuCell.com backstage right now to get your dark spot corrector in the Cell most popular package at GenuCell.com backstage right now to save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package. All orders will include a mystery luxury gift while supplies last. GenuCell.com backstage backstage.
1: I hope wow. you've enjoyed being an owner of the Daily Wire. In the <laughs> HR lawsuit Mathis is about to file. is <laughs> going to move all your It was farther. short-lived,
3: but it was worth
0: it. You know,
1: <laughs> speaking of people
0: who don't look very good, Hunter Biden did not look very good this week yeah. uh, when his business associate testified behind a closed door that he uh, did in fact chat with Joe Biden about his business and that Joe Biden not only was aware of his business dealings, which he already knew, but was actually on more than 20 phone calls with these crooks that that Hunter Biden was shaking down on behalf of the Biden crime family. I'm a little doomer about the whole thing. I'm just a little, I I kind of think it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, Biden's corrupt and he's,
2: does it, is it gonna change? Yes. You think it does? It it does. You know, first of all, the polls on these things that show that people don't care, they can crater like that. They can, they disappear. Watergate was like this. Nobody Mm. cared about Watergate until everybody cared about Watergate. And I think that this is the kind of thing, look, the press can cover this up, and they have covered it up. The DOJ can hide it. They have hit, hidden it. The Democrats can say it doesn't exist, but it does. And it means that when somebody runs against Joe Biden, and this is why I, I'm still doubtful that he's going to be the candidate, you can't keep them from pointing this out hmm. relentlessly. If it's Trump, it'll be relentless. If it's DeSantis, it'll be relentless. And, and that's why I think the, the way that the election looks right now has nothing to do with the way the election is going to look in the end. Mm. It might be a Trump-Biden contest, but there's every reason to think that Biden won't be in it, and it's possible that
1: even Trump won't be in it. Wow. You're yeah. always such an optimist. That's what <laughs> I, I, I love about I, you, Drew. No, there is. But the, but <laughs> there is. It, it, yes, it makes a difference. And the reason that it makes a difference is because Joe... The, Trump has nowhere to fall. As I've said for literally, at this point, seven, eight years, Donald Trump is a mud monster. He's made of mud. The more mud you throw on him, the more he's made of mud. <laughs> and so, like you say, oh, Donald Trump is a stooge of the Russians. And he's like, okay, and? And he's not. I mean, he clearly is not, but it doesn't matter. You can throw that stuff at him and it just doesn't have any impact. It, it, when Joe Biden ran as, I'm restoring honor to the Oval Office and cleanliness, and we're getting past the corruption, we're getting back the, past the, the Trump and, and, and the, the evil corrupt time and, and all of this kind of stuff. And his character is now an issue in the election. And it wasn't really an issue in the election in 2020. It should have been because he actually is a venal and corrupt guy and has been for literally his entire career. He's a, he's a scumbag. He's a bad guy. Yeah. He's been a bad guy his entire career. But that he got away with it because on the other side of the aisle was Donald Trump and everybody had already established that Donald Trump was, of course, the worst sinner who had ever sinned. Right. And so now... There's so much mud on Hunter, uh, on on Joe's... This, this, by the way, is the reason why he suddenly acknowledged his seventh grandchild because his final defense in all of this is going to be, I just love my family too much. Yeah. They, they've moved the goalpost. The goalpost went from, I've never heard of my son's businesses to, I was never on calls with my son's friends to, I'm not in business with my son. Yeah. And eventually this is going to move to, of course I was in business with my son. He was suffering. He was a crack addict. I love him too much. Yeah. And then the comeback by us was going to be, Oh, really? So if you're a member of the family, then presumably you love that person and you take care of them. So why are you disowning the seventh grandchild? And so he's preemptively cutting that up by by saying, look, now all of a sudden I, I, I have a seventh, And I love this seventh grandchild. I love the seventh grandchild. By the way, it is by far that 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 issue must have been pulling terribly, which is why Maureen Dowd was writing pieces about it in The New York Times, which is the only feedback channel that, that Joe Biden actually cares about. Yeah, it matters. And it matters ma- mainly in terms of turnout. The turnout is the way that Biden loses the election. Mm-hmm. Turnout, on, if, if, if the 150 people show up to, 150 million people show up to vote the way they did in the last election cycle, Trump loses to Biden. If it goes back to 130 million, 140, 135 million, Trump could easily sneak by.
2: And this uh, is the kind of thing, by the way, to be fair to Maureen Dowd. She has always been really good on issues like this. She was good when yep. Clinton yeah, that's uh, was right. cheating, and she's, she sta- this is what she stands up for.
1: You know, the, the, the defense that was put forward by Dan Goldman here, which was that, <laughs> uh, that uh, Joe was only on the phone talking about weather, is the most absurd defense I think I have ever heard. I mean, it's like there are people laughing at Donald Trump's classified documents defenses, and frankly, I think deservedly in many cases because they're silly, that it was golf plans that he was waving around at Bedminster and so forth. That is not even remotely in the same ballpark in terms of just embarrassingly bad defense hmm. as the, he only was on the phone with Hunter during business meetings to talk about the weather. As I said on the show today, like, I'll be in business meetings all the time and my dad will call because I'm really tight with my dad. <laughs> and you know what happens? Either I don't pick up the phone because I'm in a business meeting and I text him, I'll call you back in a few. Or I say, it might be an emergency, guys. Excuse me for a second. I walk out of the room and I take the phone call with my father. Right. Or I get on the phone, I say, dad, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. Yeah. Hey, I, pops, everything good? Okay, fine, yeah, bye. Exactly. I'll tell you exactly how these meetings went, and we all know how they went. The <laughs> way these meetings went is that Hunter Biden said to the board of Burisma, I want $83,000 to help broker a deal to get rid of Viktor Shokin here. And they said, oh, really? What can you do for us? And he said, well, I am super tight with my father, the vice president of the United States, who's in charge of Ukraine policy. In fact, we're so tight that he picks up every time I call the phone. Watch. And then he picks up the phone, and he calls Joe, and he says, hi, Dad. I'm here with the partners here at Burisma. Say hello. Oh, hi. How's the weather over there in Kiev? That's great, Dad. I hope you're doing well, and I'll talk to you soon. Click. End of conversation. Because you've heard the new defense of this
0: is uh, no, these corrupt Ukrainian businessmen, they didn't have access to Joe Biden. They only had the illusion of access. To which I
1: say, that's called access. What's the difference? That's called access. That's like the the guy who's there to shake down the bartender. And he he calls up Al Capone. He says, you know, Al, how's everything going over there? Al Capone picked up the phone. He's like, Oh, well, it's going great. How are you? And he's like, well, it's going great. And they hang up the phone. How's the and way- then he turns to the guy and he says, so it'll be $10,000. Yeah, exactly. Or your bar burns down. Right? By, right? The, I mean, by like- the
2: way, this defense this defense that I never spoke to my son about his business is not actually a defense. If you went on the air one day and suddenly said, you know, abortion isn't so bad. Your father would show up at the door and say, you know, Ben, I think you're making a mistake here because you're close to Joe your Joe Biden fault. is an
1: enabler. OK, this yeah. is the other problem here is yeah. that his entire case is I love my son so much that I do everything for my son and my son is great and all this kind of stuff. His son is a crack addict. The first rule of people in your family who have a drug addiction is you deny them access to money. It's literally the first Mm. thing you do. You do not provide them access to large sums of capital like $83,000 a month. Beyond that, it is beyond me how the most smoking gun of any smoking gun in this entire story is right out there in the open and everybody just pretends it doesn't exist. Which is a text from Hunter Biden to his daughter Naomi in 2019 saying at least you don't have to pay my bills the way I pay dad's bills. Yep. He literally says that in a text message. Do you think that he just made that up? He literally says, "I'm paying this entire family's bills and I pay Pops' but, bills." But you know, just just in terms of a timeline,
2: Obama, who who by the way, I've always said was not money corrupt. Yep. You know, Obama was too he much of a he, yeah. he was too much of an ideologue to be money corrupt. Mm. But Obama puts Biden in charge of Ukraine corruption. And then Hunter Biden has a job at Burisma and Biden doesn't call him up and say, no, I'm (laughs) sorry, don't do that. That's that's a bad thing. And so they really are in a kind of dance of blackmail, the two of them. Hmm. I I think that they are in a very, very intense criminal relationship, which in which Biden, Joe Biden may not be the power broker. You know, Hunter Biden, in a lot of ways, can say to him, you know, you got to keep me close because if you don't. I'm going to tell the truth. You know, I, I think this is a very complicated relationship. But the one thing it's not is clean. The one thing it's not is just talking about the weather. Right, right. Although I do love that guy, that Goldman. He's, uh,
0: he's, he's my favorite. Yeah, he truly, really humana humana humana. <laughs> now, uh, let's say Biden's out of it. Then the, the alternatives are... Gavin Newsom. Ga- Gavin Newsom, for sure. Whitmer. Uh, he's the li- Whitmer. Uh, Buttigieg wants it. He's not going to get it. And then Kamala. Did you see Kamala came out this week and attacked Ron DeSantis? Yeah. Over the most, it was probably her best performance because she seemed almost human here, but (laughs) it was such a ridiculous accusation. Here she is. This is unnecessary to debate whether enslaved people benefited from slavery. Are you kidding me? Are we supposed to debate that? Let us not be distracted. By what they're trying to do, which is to create unnecessary debates
3: to divide our country. Oh,
1: my God. So what was... Oh, the, the projection. Oh, the projection. This is your Unnecessary are, debates to divide the country. Yeah, yeah. So this is your governor. He's being
0: accused of implementing new standards in education that say that black people
3: really actually benefited. By the way, That's being, not being what accused it that Not Being accused not just by... Comm- Oh, Harris, Harris. Harris. By by other Republicans yes. too, That's right. yes, because That's right. which, That's is, right. which is which is the
1: much bigger problem here. Okay, what does the actual standard say? What it actually says is that some slaves learned skills that they could actively used to their own benefit post-slavery while they were slaves, which is not a statement about the wonders of slavery. It's a, it's a statement, statement about the durability the and the and the, and yes. the human heroism yeah. of slaves. And That's it's one line, amazing. one line. In 212, but the line isn't even bad. It's in the AP standards. It's literally in the AP standards. The AP standards say that slaves learn skills that they then put to use for their own benefit Afterward, it's, I mean, it's exactly an, it's the same. An
0: up from slavery by Booker Washington. They did the same. Thing. They <laughs> did
1: the
2: same thing to Greg Gutfeld when he said that said the yeah. Jews, you know, uh, survive by being useful. The, the narrative that Greg is is somehow appeasing the Holocaust, saying the Holocaust was a good thing, is such a childish narrative. And the narrative that DeSantis is pro-slavery is so childish. In, in any other context, we
3: recognize this as a tribute to the person. Like if yeah, there's a story, course. I read recently there's a story about a, 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 a man in the Holocaust that learned how to so and then later went on to become a world famous tailor right. using that skill. And usually so if you, if, you made a, if you wrote a biography of that man, not only would you mention that, but that's like one of the central facts. It'd take in, in, in the midst of trial and tribulation, you're able to take something and then use that for success later in life. And I think everyone, of course, understands. By the
1: way, that. I was, we were literally told that that's the story of George Soros. Yeah, or is right. that, he, is that, he, that he learned to basically survive and that those survival skills then translated into his massive wealth later on because during the Holocaust he was actually like, you know, finding objects from killed Jews and he was selling them. And, and this was a part of his his kind of hero's journey. So the, the whole thing is don't just made up nonsense. Sure,
2: so anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah,
3: don't be an anti Semite. Oh part, part of it is, is obviously this is an attempt to attack DeSantis, that's what it's about. But it's also when it comes to slavery in particular. Uh, we've gotten to the point now where it's just you're not allowed to say anything about it at all, other than it was very bad. White people did it; it was bad, and that's the end of the conversation about slavery. And if you attempt to ex- expand it beyond that, in in any in amount whatsoever, to
1: the slaves. In tribute to the slaves. Right. Then, then it's then it's super
3: duper bad. Also, yeah. to say it, it was a
0: black historian who wrote these standards. Yes, just Dr. William
1: Allen. Yeah, that's correct. It's 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 really a point of high irritation, but the media are so invested in the gaslighting at this point. The other Republican candidates who went after this are so, it's so disreputable. It's so gross to to try and prop up. And what I find amazing about this is that apparently it's okay to do against any other Republican. You can't do it against Trump, right? You can't even say true things about Trump. But if you say false things about Ron DeSantis, then everybody just kind of goes, eh, well, that's the, that's the name of the game. That's, to, that's totally okay. You know, and I find that I find yeah, that really
3: you, difficult. Imagine if Tim say, Scott came out and called and accused Trump of being essentially racist. Oh, my God. Everybody look, on the would right would, would would he'd be killed by everybody yeah, on the yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But you could do it against DeSantis. Yeah. But, but part of that, look, if it's a campaign and a campaign
0: is lobbying an attack on another campaign, uh, you know, all is fair in love and war and politics. But uh, my, my fear is if any Republicans are sincerely making this attack. It's so preposterous and it cuts at a deeper level too, which is something that has been accepted by the left and un- unfortunately maybe parts of the right too, which is this idea that suffering is just always the worst thing the ever, worst, and morally yeah, the evil. Point. You yeah. know, many of the moments when we most grow, when we, we become edified and sanctified, are in our
1: moments of suffering in, in all that of our own and that lives. Doesn't
2: make the evil good. It, makes, it doesn't. It yeah, doesn't it it alleviate us... the
1: responsibility for the evil. It that's right. It doesn't mean the person who is doing the evil to you is somehow doing you a favor. Yes. Of that's course not. That's it's 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 a ridiculous, ridiculous.
3: Wait, event. are you saying that slavery was a program that was meant to help black people grow is that what <laughs> No, hold on. Did I just did Media Matters just point out that I said that I
0: love slavery, really pro slavery yeah. or something? Yeah. No, I mean that that is so disingenuous. Now, of course, the campaigns are all going to use this. and They're all going to try to attack each other. And you make a, a very good point, which is that the attacks on Trump right now are not forgiven quite so easily as attacks on the other candidates, notably DeSantis, who's number two. But isn't that just
1: because Trump is the dominant front runner right now, and so he's got the mojo? Uh, it's, it's because any attack on Trump is perceived by the right as disingenuous and an attack on the Republican. You're right, it's because he's the front runner, but it's more than that. Trump is he is i've come to accept this he is the greatest instinctual political id factor in the history of politics <laughs> he really is i mean He's just the, the, the guy the guy yeah. channels id better than anyone ever yep. right it's certainly in electoral politics i yep. mean it's it's, an, it's yep. it is a talent it is a skill it's not it is instinctive it's not studied yep. He 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 just he has a gift for being able to get right at what people are feeling. It's It's an amazing thing. And and because of that sort of visceral connection that he has with people, people also feel a visceral connection to defend him in a way they don't with DeSantis. They see DeSantis as a professional who gets things done. And because he's a professional who gets things done, he can take a hit here and there. But for Trump, because Trump is the part of you that wants to say the thing and Trump says the thing, that means that if he's attacked, you feel personally attacked and wounded. And, And that connection is the reason why Trump is leading the field right now. And what that means is that unless Trump stumbles, it's very difficult to see him not being the nominee. Uh, I
2: I want to be the minority. You think he might not be the nominee? What?
1: You think he might not be the nominee?
2: Well, uh, I I won't say that. I won't go that far. I can't predict the future, and he's very far ahead. But I will say that DeSantis has started to turn himself around. When he came out, I was very vocal about the fact that he had blown the launch of his campaign Mm -hmm. and that he was campaigning badly. He's no longer campaigning badly. He's actually starting to do some very smart stuff. And... He may be a slow burn. Remember, at this point in the primaries, Hillary Clinton wasn't quite as far ahead of Obama as Trump is. But she was far ahead of Obama, and Obama was already being counted out. And I think, you know, DeSantis, the more you see him, the better you like him, especially in the kind of conversation he just had with Brett Baier, who went after him from the left. Brett Bear's not a leftist, but he he so. brought, he channeled the left wing attacks, and DeSantis handled them professionally and and excellently. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there are certain things that he does that he should stop. The thing with Florida, I've said this before, but every time he mentions Florida, I think of Bandcamp. You know, that one <laughs> time in Florida, you know, I I, I think he's got to he's got to change the way he talks a little bit. But he's really good at what he's saying, and he really knows the issues at a level that Trump simply doesn't.
1: Well, I mean, of course and that's true. I think true. that's going to have a long-term effect. I, I think it the might. only way that changes, and I've said this out loud many times, is the, the, using the Hillary-Obama comparison for a second. The reason that Hillary started to collapse in the polls and Obama started to gain in the polls is because there was excitement that was built up around Obama. And there was no excitement about Hillary. There was an idea that she was basically owed it and Obama was the fresh new thing who was going to change the face. Right now, there is a feeling that Trump owes it, but he also has the excitement of the base behind him. And, he does. And, and DeSantis does not have that yet. And the only way to generate that is oppositionality. That's just the dynamic mm-hmm. in the moment. And so uh, the, the, the issue that I see with the DeSantis campaign is that every week or so, they're rolling out, like yesterday, he rolled out an economic plan or something. And they treat this as though this is some sort of political point in his favor. Well, it reminds me more of Elizabeth Warren than anything else, right? Like every every two seconds, we're getting a new plan. No one cares about Ron DeSantis' economic plan. What they care about is, can he punch the left directly where it counts? Mm-hmm. Because that's the feeling about Trump, rightly or wrongly. I think wrongly. I think Trump punches in every direction, and sometimes he punches the left directly in the jaw, and sometimes he punches himself directly in the nuts. I think it's like, it, it just depends on the day. Is that better than people who aren't punching at all? Sure, because sometimes the left gets punched in the jaw. But it also means he punches himself in the nuts a lot. Yeah. So the, what I prefer is somebody who punches the left consistently. The problem with DeSantis' campaign so far is that for a brief moment in time, right after the midterm election, there was a feeling like DeSantis was a weaponized version of Trump who would just go right at the left and he would shed the possibility that that Trump was, was going to lose to Biden. And he's been hampered by effectively three factors. Factor number one is the fact that Trump sucks all the air out of the room. And that, that just is a, that is a real phenomenon. I mean, Trump sucks all the air out of the room and is that, that it's really four factors. That's factor number one. Trump's talking all the Factor number two, Biden's low poll numbers are really hurting DeSantis because his electability argument was a very solid argument in January of 2023. And it's not nearly a solid argument when Joe Biden is running in the low 40s and is running directly even with Donald Trump and in national polling, DeSantis isn't blowing Biden out because the electability argument just doesn't exist by the polling data. It, it, it doesn't. I, I, think it's, I, I think that's false. But, but that's I not think,
2: way, it's not the way people vote.
1: It's not, it's not right. It's, third, his main... Point in terms of politics, of differentiation from everybody else, was COVID. No one wants to hear the word COVID ever again for the rest of their life. Yeah. Mm. And the DeSantis campaign, I know, has internal polling numbers showing this. When he mentions COVID, people turn off the TV. Really? Because, it, yeah, it, for the same reason that the, we did this after the 19, 1920 influenza, right? When, when that happened, everybody just said, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It was yeah. a terrible time. We didn't like the lockdowns. We want to move beyond that. We don't, we don't want to think about it. Do you want to think about the COVID period? Who wants to think about it? It's negative and it's nasty and it's kind of like just yuck And who, who wants to think about that? So, like, people don't want to hear about COVID. And when he mentions Fauci, even Fauci, who the right hates, they don't hate him enough that we want to think about COVID. When people say Fauci, I mean, I can tell by the traffic on the site. If we put Fauci articles on the site, nobody cares. So that's, that's point number three. And point number four is that he has basically run a campaign on the basis of his record and his policies. You can't run that campaign against Donald Trump. Everybody tried that in 2016 and it failed. The only way to run a campaign against Donald Trump is to generate enough excitement based on your oppositionality to the left. And so he spent the first part of his campaign not doing any unfriendly interviews, knowing they were gonna sandbag him because they were. But the reality is, the reason why DeSantis was popular was not just his COVID policies. Brian Kemp pursued the same exact COVID policies. The reason DeSantis became a national figure is because the media made him the enemy. Yeah, yeah. They decided that, that Andrew Cuomo was the greatest governor of the world, and Ron DeSantis was Ron DeSantis. And so he started punching back in the media, you are and that's when false narrative, right, and and, and that, correct, and that is when he started to climb yeah. and suddenly became sort of the new face, the fresh face of the Republican Party. The only way to recapture that magic is to go into dark spaces and fight monsters. Totally right? He needs to go. This. He totally needs agree. to go into. He needs to go on George Stephanopoulos' show. and He needs to wait until George Stephanopoulos asks him about book bans in Florida, and then he needs to wreck him. Yeah. Right. That, that's what yeah. he actually needs to do, and he's not going to do that in an interview with Brett Baier. As much as I no, like but, that interview, but, but, or with but, Jake but, Tapper, but I, what, or with but, Megyn Kelly.
2: When I say he's turned a corner, I mean literally he's turned a corner. He hasn't gone down the road yet, hmm. and I think that the. the interview with bear was a setup for doing exactly what you're talking about i hope about. so and i think you're you're absolutely right about this he has to go into the the left and talk to them because that's what we want to see him do so that then, leaves
3: the question of what how, how does he handle trump though? what is what is his, that too yeah. what what is his approach to trump now i, I personally think that there was that uh, a, a few weeks ago there was the video that the uh de camp put out uh, attacking trump for kowtowing to the lgbt cult and it was, like, roundly condemned by the left. And even people in the Trump camp said that it was anti-gay. Um, I personally think that's when going after Trump, that's exactly what he needs to be doing. Yeah. It's, we, you it's, know, it's, so, I, I agree that the fact that Trump didn't fire Fauci should matter a lot. It doesn't, though. For But the— but Painting Trump and, and pointing out that okay, this guy's to the left of me but that on cultural was, issues. That was the Cruz strategy
0: in 2016. Was hey, Trump is squishy on some of the LGBT issues, and I'm going to be the consistent cultural conservative, and he he did it very effectively. Came in number two. Now you might say he only came in number two because you know Marco Rubio didn't drop out before
3: Florida, and because you know we but that stuff we also matters now much more than it did in
0: 2016. That's true.
3: That's Nobody was talking in 2016. The conservatives had given up on all LGBT trans wasn't a discussion among most. Yep. Now it really matters. Now people understand that the the the, the pride flag is uh, they understand what it is and it right. represents what it does. Also, also so-
2: Cruz Cruz did something else, which was my good friend Donald, and that was yeah. that was a big mistake. Hmm. He was he basically bet that. Trump would eat him last. And that's I think right. that's, that's exactly He's incredibly what deferential. And, and, and I, I love Cruz. Cruz is like politically my spirit He's animal, ready. but he has a problem with women, you know, not, not in his personal life, but as <laughs> <Yeah>. voters. He's <laughs> pretty uh, th- funny. Th- yeah, yeah, no, as voters, they don't like him.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I think that the, the only, there there's two possible strategies for DeSantis. I can see him choosing either one. One strategy is that he basically says, I'm not running against Trump as much as I'm, out, I'm outpacing him. Right. Because the, the problem with Trump is that, yeah, it, it, like, it, basically he goes into the, let's say he does the things we're talking about. He goes and he punches the left and he does it effectively. And then he says, listen, I just do this better than Trump does. Right. Like, I, I'm doing this. You can see they're afraid of me. You can see what they're doing. And you start building momentum that way. And suddenly he becomes the DeSantis of 2020 during the pandemic as opposed to the DeSantis of 2023. That, that's, that's strategy number one. I think it's probably the best strategy because what the data show are that attacks on Trump backfire on everybody who does them in the Republican party. Yes. Every single attack. Not it doesn't matter what they are. Especially yes. policy, like Trump. policy attacks? Mm-hmm. Any attack. Yeah. Any attack on Trump because again, he's got that kind of id connection with the base. Teflon is, Don is, baby. Is, yeah. With the base for sure. Not with the American public, which is a problem for a general, right? In order to be Teflon Ron, you have to win, you know, 49 states. In order to be Teflon Don, you have to lose an election and then lose a midterm election and then lose several special <laughs> elections. Yeah. They like tefl- I, I'm only going to call you Teflon if you actually, you know, number one, don't go to jail, and number two, become president again. If he becomes president again, then he truly is if tough. You, if you go to jail,
0: that's a mark in your the, the, favor, real, is, as far as i
1: The real narrative, yeah,
2: as far one. as I'm concerned, the actual true narrative is that Trump was a godsend that turned the Republican Party around, that's focused it on the things that need focusing about. He opened the road to a conservative future. I really do believe this. It is DeSantis who is more equipped to go down that road. Mm-hmm. It's a hard argument to make because it's essentially saying I'm the better Trump and nobody is the better Trump. Trump is the He's better He's also Trump going to have to possible. at some point
1: say that Trump lost. And this is a real thing. You right. cannot say that you are more electable than the guy if the base thinks he won. Yeah. That's the, not a possible there, argument.
0: There's this other problem, which is, we keep trying to evaluate Trump's candidacy as though it were some normal year. Mm. This is the first time since 1888 that a president has run for a non-consecutive second term. Yeah. So he is running for all intents and purposes as the incumbent, which is why a lot of the strategies right. that were intended to quash him have not worked. Mm. So then in terms of bringing the fight to the left, there's, I, I had been long uh, opposed to impeachment without a strong legal foundation of, of Biden even though they impeached Trump for, you know, waking up too early. Uh, where are you now? The GOP has started to indicate that they might impeach him. Roundtable,
1: are we, are we pro-impeachment now?
2: I'm, I'm with Kevin McCarthy. I think a, an, a, an impeachment
1: inquiry is the way to go. And so I, I think they need to go a little further down the road before the inquiry opens. Because once you have the inquiry, then there has to be a conclusion. Okay. Right. I mean, you, but I, no, I, I think we're we can't there. make the promise without I, giving the guarantee.
2: No, but I think we're there. I think we are, are in terms of. Uh, well, I see. I see your
1: your point. Politically, if it if it added actual right. So if it added actual legal power, yeah, then sure. It doesn't add actual legal power. Mm. Right. Then declaring an impeachment inquiry doesn't yeah. add like additional subpoena power. It's not like they have additional compulsory power.
2: No, but so, I, st- I still. So think I still
1: it think- depends on if you are willing to. Don't, you know, don't pull the trigger unless you're willing to see where the bullet goes.
2: Yeah, and I, so. I do think this thing with this bribe, you know, I, I, like maybe I'm the last person in America who thinks it's not a good thing that the vice president should be bribed for five. Oh no, no, no! I think I, 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 I think, total, I think, I think <laughs> listen,
1: I think it's a very real thing, and I think yeah. it is absolutely moving in that direction. I think we're about two steps away. Okay, right. So I, I, I I'm not saying we sh- that they shouldn't do it. Yeah, I'm just saying that I think at this point it looks a little bit eager and premature, and so they should. You know they should actually try to subpoena the president. I think they should, should actually. They, they, there are like a few things huh. they need to do. They should. They should actually try to subpoena hmm. the members of the DOJ who tried to sign the Hunter Biden Sweetheart plea agreement. I think we
2: should see the Devin Archer transcript first, which I. Guess
1: I, I totally know. agree. See, this is another thing, right? Yeah. Like I, when, when the left says, "Okay, so show us the transcript," I'm there. Yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah. Sure. I mean, <laughs> me I'm too. I'm for I'm for full too. transparency. Huh? Yeah. Let's see what he said. Yeah, Matt, you pro impeachment? Oh, absolutely. I, I have been from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> from day one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, there's something else I do want to get to, on which we'll probably have to get more into it for the member segment. So for the Hoy Floyd out there watching on YouTube, go, go on over dailywire.com. You become a member. Ben, you have a new show out which is uh, where you just do a very Ben-like thing and you just dispel all feelings whatsoever and just go down this <laughs> litany of facts, and it's got very cool graphics about it. Yeah, it's with in sunglasses. It's very... Just like Joe Biden. There's strong energy going on, I would say, in that picture. Uh, <laughs> so in it, you're you're going after something that is not often talked about, and it's... It, everyone knows about ESG, or maybe you've at least heard that, that initialism. The the one that a lot of people don't know about is GARM, the Global Alliance yeah. for Responsible Media, which is another one of these just bloated, multinational, corporatist, kind of globalist, awful things. Uh, and and you went in and broke it down because we got some information that, that Facebook was colluding with the Biden administration to really clamp down, not just on misinformation, on memes and... Uh, GARM is, is like a, a big figure in the room here. Here's just a little clip from the new show.
1: GARM is a cross-industry alliance that brings these mega corporations, the advertisers, together with big tech companies like Meta, who owns Facebook and Instagram, Google-owned YouTube, the CCP's TikTok, and even Snapchat and Pinterest. This unholy alliance created something they call the Brand Safety Floor and Suitability Framework. Think of brand safety as a dog whistle for censorship. They say it themselves. The brand safety floor means, quote, content not appropriate for any advertising support. In other words, if you publish content that violates these guidelines, you will be blacklisted from 90% of the advertising revenue in the marketplace. If you think this is only something big news corporations have to contend with, think again. Even the content you consume from independent content creators on social media platforms, like the one on which you're watching this video, is subject to these globalist powers that be. So for example, my friend, Matt Walsh, he was demonetized on YouTube. Why? Well, because he says that men are not women. The same was true on TikTok, another GARM member, where Daily Wire hosts are routinely hit with content strikes in various bands for saying things like, men are not women. Or, for example, if you question the accepted wisdom on COVID. So, for example, let's say you say that the vaccine's not great for kids. No evidence kids need them. Kids aren't dying from COVID. If you say any of those things, GARM, WEF, the WFA, they will crack down on you with alacrity.
0: Why aren't you wearing those glasses now? That yeah, looks great, really right? I I, I, like, I really like the glasses. It's no, very I like strong. The mood, yeah.
1: yeah, no, it's 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 a great looking series. The production team does a really amazing job in terms of inserting the graphics that are necessary to understand really complex sets of facts. And the thing about our first our first video in the which series, is out now, right? Which is out right now over on YouTube is is that it's breaking down what is a very complex issue, and it does require visual aids to really understand all this because. This is how the left hides the ball, right? In the same way that if you really want to understand how the money is moving with Hunter Biden and his friends, you kind of need a flow chart. Well, that's, that's kind of what facts is. It's a visual flow chart that's going to explain really complex issues in ways that you can understand and encapsulate and send your friends. So the next time somebody asks you, is censorship happening on YouTube, and why? You just send them the video, and that answers all the questions for them in a visually, I think, exciting way.
0: So this is one of these new bombshells that no one's talking about, and I think the left is trying to hide it, the right is just so demoralized that we think none of this matters. But these files came out showing that Facebook was suppressing conservatives. We all know that. But they they were suppressing conservatives... Because the Biden administration was saying, hey, that lab leak theory about Wuhan, yeah, you got to suppress that. Hey, any memes? Memes. Joking about covid you got to suppress those too
1: and facebook complied and these are clear first amendment violations which is why a judge has already ruled that the biden administration is not really allowed to reach out to the, any of the social media networks and tell them to take things down anymore they're saying that that is effectively speaking a first amendment violation because it absolutely is if the if the federal government invades your home and tells you that you have to censor your friend that's a First Amendment violation, even if you're the one who's technically doing the censoring of your front. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that's that's really where we are right now. It's, it's an incredibly dangerous place. I mean, you know how bad the censorship is when even members of the internal team at Facebook were like, I'm not sure that we should do this. Like, I think this is a kind of—and and that was actually some of the feedback. They're like, are we going to censor memes now? Is that, like, really a thing that we're going to do? I mean, you know, that, that's, that's how strong— one, the,
2: one of the things that we don't understand, people who are in this business don't understand— we are protected by the First Amendment in ways that ordinary people are not. Hmm. We can go out and say things, and we can sort of parade the fact that you know we're not, we don't care if we're canceled. Come on, come and get us, and all this stuff. And we can sort of strut around and be brave because we are protected by the First Amendment. A guy who's in an insurance company, you know, normal, you know, white-collar to blue-collar job, who has to go into HR and sign a document saying men can't become... He has no protection whatsoever. So they're already living in this censorship world. And when you reveal these things, which are shocking to someone like me, beyond my ability to express, they're not shocked at all because they're already living in that world. And you have to make them understand that they're going to have to fight back. They're going to have to, the little guy is going to have to fight back and we're going to have to give them some kind of cover because they're going to need legal help. They're going to need uh, organizational help that an ordinary single guy does not have. He's got to feed his family. You know, he's got to keep his job. They're in a lot more danger than we are.
0: And don't forget, I mean, this was the way the Biden administration pushed the vaccine mandate. Yeah. They, They didn't push it right away. It wasn't, here's the vaccine. Okay, you all have to take it. They waited until enough people had voluntarily taken it that they had a significant enough chunk of the people that they didn't think the pushback would be so great once they said, okay, the rest of you have to do it. And so you're, you're totally right. Uh, we get, we all get dinged on the big tech platforms uh, frequently, but we don't get dinged as much as ordinary people who can't make a big fuss about it. That's right. It. And so, uh, you know they always say the Supreme Court follows the, the poll numbers, the Supreme Court reads the election results. Well, the, the liberal establishment broadly does that. And so if enough ordinary people just push back, it, which requires more courage than for public people to do that, uh, they're going to pay attention to that too. And uh, speaking of having these kind of conversations that are a little, a little smaller, a little more private, I think we need to say goodbye to the hoi polloi the hoy all the freeloaders on YouTube. We love you, freeloaders. But we want you to come on over to DailyWire.com, okay? It is becoming increasingly challenging to find a platform that truly values free speech and provides unfiltered perspectives. Daily Wire Plus is a beacon of hope, I certainly think, amidst all of the chaos. We are not afraid to challenge the status quo. That is why we create groundbreaking movies, shows, content that you won't find anywhere else very soon, You are going to see kids' content. I know a lot of you have been asking about it. It takes a long time to spin up a kids' film studio, and we've got some really, really great content coming up and so much more. There has never been a better time to become a part of the movement. Join Daily Wire Plus, not just today. Join it right now so that we can take your questions and talk about all the saucy stuff that we can't talk about on YouTube over at the member block. YouTube, see you guys later. We will see you right now. Become Daily Wire Plus member, ask us your questions over there.